Hey there, thank you so much for listening to our Big Time Talker podcast. I'm Burke Allen in our studios here in the nation's capital, Washington, D.C. And the Big Time Talker is a service of our show sponsor, SpeakerMatch.com, the world's largest online virtual speakers bureau. What does that mean? That means if you're a platform speaker or maybe you're a meeting planner, as you know, in-person get-togethers and meetings are coming back in 2022, post-pandemic, and speakers and meeting planners can find one another at the online marketplace at speakermatch.com, speakermatch.com. Check it out. We're talking movies today for International Women's Month. The movie Salma's Home and the filmmaker Hanadi Elian are our topic today. Hanadi joins us to talk about this really warm-hearted film that I absolutely love, and it's uh, going to debut in April at the Cinequest Film and Creativity Festival and then uh, there will be some other screenings, including a uh, special in-person edition in August in San Jose, California. Anadi Elion, thanks for being on the Big Time Talker podcast. Hi, Burke. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. And um, uh, I can't wait to tell you all about Selma's Home. Well, this is obviously a, a, a passion project for you. And for folks who are not familiar with this movie, um, I, I was fortunate enough to get an advanced screening, and it's it's sort of this this really warm-hearted look at the lives of, of three generations of, of Arab women, uh, filmed in Jordan, correct? Yes, correct. Yeah. And and this is your first ever movie, so when people say to you, "What is Salma's Home about?" How do you describe the movie? Yes, uh, thank you. That's a it, it is a very uh, accurate depiction of multi generational story uh, of Arab women in Jordan. Um, it is uh, it is my first feature length project, um, which is, you know, a, a very big step in every filmmaker's uh, life. Uh, but I have been working as a writer director for shorts and different. TV content for over a decade. Uh, however, making a feature is a a beast of a different kind. <laughs> um, and um, you know, because they're very hard to um, uh, pull off, especially when you're making a film in a in a region with um, an uh, a rising industry, an industry that's only you know, collecting itself and creating itself. So um, it did take a lot of passion and a lot of perseverance to pull this one off. So uh, the movie, you know, we're, we're talking about it and, and, and for folks who are listening right now who go, you know, this is, this is a foreign film. Yes, it does have subtitles, but the movie is very, to me, uh, universal and very approachable. You know, I'm I'm a white middle-aged guy in the Northern Virginia suburbs, and I just loved this movie. I love the characters. <laughs> um, I love that instead of it being sort of a women in trouble thing, which seems to be, uh, you know, a, a trope that you see in an awful lot of films, this is about three very strong women. And um, I wonder if, if you can tell us where the, the genesis for the story came from for Salma's Home. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so this is, thank you so much for saying that. That is heartwarming for me to hear that it resonated with you in that way. 
Uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, but women's stories uh, tend to have um, certain boxes that they're put in. Uh, and, and when you do an Arabic woman story, uh, sometimes um, it goes into you know, the, the tropes, the stereotypes uh, associated with women from the region, that it has to be, you know, related to trauma or, um, you know, a, a dramatized version of the news. Um, sometimes we are limited to these types of stories. However, I was very aware of, of these trends uh, coming into uh, this film. And I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to uh, just follow the stream of telling the same old, um, you know, harmful narrative, uh, I feel, um, when it's repeated so many times. So uh, Selma's home is about three Arab women who are strong. It is very specific. And with that specificity, I think, comes that universal feeling that at, at the heart of it, we're all human and we all want to survive and we all want to um, succeed. And I think that's, that's why you were able to relate to it because it was talking to you as a human rather than putting these, these women under a microscope or uh, treating them as the other. You know, uh... Hanadi, when, when I'm watching this film, and by the way, we're talking to Hanadi Elian about our brand new movie, uh, Selma's Home, which uh, is going to be released uh, as part of the Cinequest Film and Creativity Festival in April. When I watched it, certainly, you know, the, there are visual uh, visual cues that, you know, this is not happening uh, in, uh, you know, middle America. Uh, you know, people dress a little differently when they, they go outside, uh, which uh, look like, uh, you know, certainly you were in Jordan. It's interesting that you actually filmed it there in Amman. Um, and of course, the subtitles, you realize that it's it's different people in a different place. But these themes are pretty darn universal. You have uh, the younger of the three uh, women uh, who, I think the character's name was Farah. Is that right? I remember yes. it correctly. Yes. She's a, you know, a young mom, a working mom. She doesn't have the best marriage. Uh, you know, the guy tends to pay way too much attention to his video games and not mm -hmm. enough attention to his wife and his kid. And I'm thinking, I, I know a thousand couples that complain about that. Yep. Uh, in Des Moines, <laughs> Iowa, it's the same thing, 7,000 miles away. Um, you have a, a middle-aged lady who is way more into her social media profile and building a brand online than she is her own interpersonal relationships. And again, you know, th those kinds of people clearly exist everywhere. Um, and then you have Salma, who's this, uh, th this baker, this very talented baker, uh, entrepreneurial, uh, very strong woman, loves her grandchild. And that character took me back home to so many strong women that I knew growing up in the mountains of Appalachia. And so it, it really does touch people everywhere. And I wonder if, if that surprises you that this, uh, this movie is appealing to people all over the world and it's not necessarily just a, a Palestinian Jordan kind of movie. Yes. Um, you know what? I think there is 
um, I think it, you can relate to it because it, it's touching upon an instinctual thing. So like, um, you know, the very first thing that we experience, right, once we're born is like you fall in love with your mom <laughs> and that's, that's universal. Right. And, you know, idealizing women, celebrating them, uh, looking up to them is, it, it, you know, is universal and it, it's found its way to like sculpture and paintings and all of that. But somehow in cinema, that instinct lost its way. It's, it's uh, on screen, we don't see that representation as much. Uh, we see a lot of women characters who are, you know, supporting characters uh, for the star or whenever they're there, they're, um, you know, um, they have shallow arcs, not really complex characters. You know, there was this study uh, uh, once, and it's a test uh, on different films in like popular popular culture. And it said, whenever there's two women talking in a movie, they're usually talking about another guy. <laughs> It's like it's not it's not like they have anything else in their life going on, right? And that's that's the moment that we're in, and it's mainly because um, you know, there aren't as many women filmmakers behind the camera uh, to tell these different stories, right? However, finally making a film like this, it's not foreign to us. We know these characters. I was I was very fortunate to always have a an amazing uh, woman role model, right? In my life, I always like look to strong women around me. Um, obviously, my mom, but like my first boss, my first principal at school, they're all incredible characters, but I never saw that on TV. I never saw that reflected in movies, and certainly not movies uh, that are more popular, right? Are there a lot of um, female Arabic filmmakers? And forgive me for not knowing the answer to that, but I know there are not a ton even here in America, in Hollywood. There are some, and there's some who are very successful, but are you one of many or are you one of very few? Uh, a few, uh, but it's not only, I mean, there are a few Arab filmmakers uh, women included. It's um, I think the the bigger the bigger box is Arab, and that box is very limited uh, as well. Um, Does that make it harder for you to make movies? Um, it it is hard. It is hard to make movies because I mean, if you were to film in LA, for instance, uh, right. there are so many limitations because uh, you know. The, the city's saturated with production, so they're sick of them, you know? It's yeah, like trip over them to go around the corner. Yeah, it's all very heavily regulated, sure. Yeah, yeah, it's so tough. Um, however, there is, um, I want to say, like an environment of creatives that will make it happen despite everything. Sure in pursuit of breaking into the industry or they're already working in the industry. 
However, in the Middle East, um, with the exception of Egypt, Egypt has a, a very uh, long history with cinema and TV. But with the acceptance, uh, exception of Egypt, there isn't uh, an industry. Uh, and that makes it obviously hard to, uh, more like a miracle to pull off a production. I want to hear about that. That sounds pretty interesting to me because there are, uh, you know, a lot of your film takes place indoors, but there are some outdoor uh, sets there in Amman. So when a movie crew rolls up to do something outside in Amman, Jordan, and not only that, but the head honcho of the film is a female. What's that like? I mean, I'm, I have to imagine you're turning a lot of heads. Uh, well, yeah. Well, luckily, um, because because there aren't many productions, um, it worked for our favor in a way that people, the community really wanted this to happen. So we got a lot of support and the generosity of, you know, the the cast and the crew and the and the sponsors and everybody who was part of this film really worked hard to realize it because uh, there aren't many films uh, around. Now we did turn heads on the street because I was very lucky to cast um, the three main characters. Uh, played by Juliette Awad and Rania Al-Kurdi and Samira Al-Asir. Uh, all of them are uh, popular actors in theater and uh, TV productions. So um, that, that, that worked out fine, I, I would say. It was just hard to, um, you know, it's not just the production. It's, be, it's making uh, everyone join your team actually doing it in production. And now it's time for distribution. It's now it's time to get that, um, uh, you know, in cinemas and get people to go to cinemas. And that's changing the culture. The people are used to going to cinemas to watch Hollywood movies, but, um, it, you know, introducing a locally made film into the cinema has its own set of challenges as well. You're going to open a lot of doors over there. That's fantastic. Selma's Home is the movie. Hanadi Elian is our guest on the Big Time Talker podcast. She's a Jordanian filmmaker. This is her first feature film. And, and I wanted to ask you about uh, your three leads there. You say they're, they're pretty well known in Jordan. Um, how did the casting of this movie come about? And if they are kind of big names, how did you scrape together the dough to pay the big names? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, um, uh, so yes, Juliette Awad has a very long experience. She is very well respected in the community uh, for her theater and TV roles, as well as Rania Al-Kurdi. She's well known around the, the whole region and Samira Al-Asir, she's been an amazing uh, uh, projects too. Um, the, I would say the main reason they joined uh, this project was the script. They saw that it was pretty different and fresh to what they have done before. Right. And um, that excited them. 
that made them go out and to uh, try this because they're not being typecast. Um, and uh, I've shown them my previous work. So it was my previous work was like guarantee that I can pull it off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like you see, I can I can still do it. So I would say they really liked the script, but they also believed in me uh, uh, that it will be um, will will be done. And luckily, now that we, they've watched it, they've just recently watched it. They were super happy to see it um, come come through and you know crystallize. <laughs> The movie really does hang together uh, well. Salma's Home is, is the name of the movie. And if uh, if you take part in CineQuest Film and Creativity Festival in April, um, there's an online edition of CineQuest this year. You'll be able to check out Salma's Home. The, uh, the characters are really well-defined. And as we talked about at the beginning of the podcast, you have the youngest character, and then she has a stepmom who's sort of middle-aged, and then uh, a mom-mom who's a little older, and and without giving too much of the movie away, her, her father uh, passes away. And then these three women have to learn how to interact with one another. And boy, are the three of them different. Uh, and, and all sorts of things ensue. Yeah. Um, the guys, the guys in this movie, Hanadi, do not mm -hmm. come across especially well. Oh, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and in, in many ways, to comic effect, but I wonder if any of the men in your life gave you any pushback about that, or even the, the men actors, did they give you any pushback? Because, you know, they were sort of the comic foils in this movie. <laughs> okay, that's very interesting for you uh, to hear. Actually, I, one of the notes that I've received very early on while writing the script uh, was... Um, uh, from a colleague of mine who was um, doing some script editing for me. And right. he said, you write men like Hollywood writes women. I love that. And that's and, so great. And I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I don't want to be I don't want to be doing the same thing that I thought was wrong. Right. Uh, so I. I, I started working towards, uh, so the two male characters are uh, Uncle Imad and uh, the husband Malik. Right. And um, I, 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 I talked, I had a lot of uh, really fruitful rehearsals and deep conversations with the two actors playing them. And that's uh, Firas, Firas Taibi and Wali Jazawi. And, you know, sometimes, so being a director, I need to, I need to put myself in everybody's shoes. I need to be able to switch, uh, switch my mindset uh, and think in the character's mind and make sure that their actions and their motivations make sense to me and to the um to the actor playing it uh, playing that character and we found that the the first instinct sometimes is uh falling into the tropes you know so 
uh, the first rehearsals, the first few times, we we were talking about um, a very aggressive sort of guy presence. And it took a lot of thinking uh, to try and restrain us from falling into that, uh, you know, trap, I would say. And I thought, you know what? Usually we see Arab women on screen being a victim and I'm fighting against that. But we also see Arab men being backwards, being aggressive, being uh, violent sometimes. So I didn't want that either. So every discussion that they have was toned down so much in order to, um, you know, give give dignity to to the character that they're playing, that it's not this uh, crazy barbaric guy, you know. Definitely not crazy and barbaric, uh, and and you know, sort of doofuses, and that's okay, because um, they were fun. You, you had uh, fun, sort of poking fun at them in the movie Salma's Home. Um, Hanani Elian is our guest today. She's the filmmaker behind this. And Hanani, you wrote the script and directed and were one of the producers, right? Well, my husband was the producer, but at this type of production, you're always doing a lot of things. <laughs> How did you decide to become a filmmaker? You said there are very few uh, female filmmakers, uh, Arabic female filmmakers, and, you know, here there are at least role models for ladies to look up to and go, I can do that. Um, it sounds like there were not many, if any, of those for you as a little girl. And you really stepped outside, uh, I would think, your comfort zone. So so how did you do that? How did you become a filmmaker? Yeah, I I mean, uh, it's, it's tough. I, I feel like I always was a filmmaker. I always made projects when I was a kid. I, I was lucky enough to have access to like high-end equipment because of uh, my dad's job. Um, what did your dad he, do? Uh, he, was, he worked in TV and he was a director and producer as well. Okay. Uh, but for, for TV content, not, not so much narrative, which is uh, what I like to do more. But you got to learn the gear though. You at least were around it and it wasn't yeah. totally foreign to you. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I, I did that for years. And, uh, but unfortunately, when I when it was time to go to university, I, I wasn't able to access a film program. Uh, so I studied something else and I worked in something else. But oh, wait, 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 tell me, what did you what did you study? And what, what kind of jobs did you do before this? This is interesting. <laughs> well, I, I studied IT and I worked in a bank. And uh, I was getting somewhere. I was getting into um, projects management office and, you know, uh, getting promoted and all of that. But then they opened up a film school. So I enrolled in that film school at night. It was called uh, SAE. And, and where is this? Is this in Amman? This is in Amman, yeah. Okay. Uh, and... Um, yeah, once once I've made a, a couple of short films that, you know, uh, had some echo, won, won awards, and the other one was a short documentary that really highlighted a lot of, you know, 
discrimination in sports and it was aired on TV. So once my filmmaking career kicked off a little bit, I moved uh, to Dubai and I started uh, my production company with my husband and we did a lot of TV content and uh, commercial type of work, which which was great, but it wasn't my true passion, which is um, narrative filmmaking. Um, eventually, um, I uh, was awarded a grant um, a scholarship to attend UCLA's MFA program. Wow. Uh, uh, and I so we closed shop and we moved to LA and um, I've been working in film since. What an amazing career trajectory. Do you ever look back on the bank and go, gosh, I sure do miss going to the bank every day. <laughs> I do miss my friends and I do stay in touch with them. They're the best, but uh, <laughs> the answer is no, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Filmmaker Hanadi Elian is our guest. Her movie is Salma's Home, uh, which has absolutely nothing to do with Salma Hayek. It's a whole different kind of movie. This is well, a story about Arab but, too. <laughs> well, did you try to cast her? Did you did you make that call to Salma Hayek? You know, I just thought of that as I'm talking to you right now. <laughs> <laughs> You've never had this question before, I'm sure. Um, so this this whole trajectory of, of your career and your life is pretty amazing. And I'm sure someone listening right now, uh, Hanadi, is going to be inspired by this, whether it's uh, themselves being inspired. Maybe it's a father who sees something special in his daughter and thinks, wow, she could do that. So I wonder if you could give maybe a piece of advice to an aspiring filmmaker, maybe somebody who's thought, I'd love to do that, but I, I don't know where to start or what to do. What advice would you give them? Yeah, that's a that's a very good question. I, I'm currently um, I currently teach uh, filmmaking as well at Emerson College in Boston, and I tell this to my students uh, all the time. Um, it's so some part of this is a need to tell stories, right? And I I urge them to prepare and you know be detail oriented but also you just have to do it. You know, you just have to go out and film. And now it's becoming much easier right. uh, um, to, to, you know, create projects and, and all of that. Uh, so just, I mean, like Nike says, just do it. Just do it. Just do it. I think that's great advice. I think you, you've got to, you know, you got to take that first step. And uh, I had an old friend once who told me, fail forward fast. <laughs> and I love that. That always stuck with me. Um, you have not failed here, though. You've made a damn good movie. Um, Thank you so much. <laughs> you're welcome. And, and it's one that I hope gets an audience. Uh, congratulations on its world premiere in April at this online edition of CineQuest uh, Film and Creativity Festival. I don't want to send our listeners uh, to the wrong place, but they can watch the movie online by going to the CineQuest website in April, correct? Yes, so uh, it will be part of the CineJoy, that's the platform associated with CineQuest uh, okay. for April. Um, and uh, there will be other uh, screenings coming soon in the US. So I would I would refer people to the website of the, of the film uh, that um, over there, there will be more up-to-date 
screening dates. And what is the website for the film? It's Selma's Home Film.com. Selma's Home Film.com. We'll put that in the uh, in the Actually, notes of the podcast. I'm sorry, I made a mistake. It's Selma's Home.com. Whoops. Hey, hold on. <laughs> Selma's Home.com is the website for the film. Good enough. Um, <laughs> what What's next for you? What do you hope happens with this movie? And then what's your next? Sorry. Uh, yeah, well, thank you so much uh, uh, for that. I hope, well, uh, for, first of all, I hope that the film resonates with people and it opens up um, the audience's appetite to seeing different types of stories about different people uh, because representation matters uh, a big deal, uh, especially for for my region, at least I can speak about that. Right. Uh, so that's my biggest hope. Uh, and then it's on to the next project. So I'm um, I'm I'm working on three different things right now. I'm I'm rewriting a project called uh, the Camp Beauty Queen, and that's uh, about uh, sorry about a, um, uh, a a teenage Palestinian refugee and. So that's based in the region, but I'm also thinking of ways to write American stories and expand. So I'm writing a different project called The Cookie Jar, and that takes place in uh, in in Massachusetts. Actually, I'm being inspired uh, by Massachusetts, um, and. Um, and yes, um, also developing an idea for a series, uh, which is a totally new territory for me. I've been working in film, in short films, in commercial content, but I've never done series before. And it's challenging me, challenging me in different ways, which is uh, exciting. If you like foreign film, you're really gonna like Selma's Home. If you're not a fan of foreign film, I encourage you to check it out because the themes really are universal and it features three very strong female characters. Uh, Anadi Elian, thank you so much for spending time to talk to us about your debut feature film and good luck with it. Thank you so much, Burke. I appreciate it. And uh, I hope to see you in person soon. The movie is Selma's Home. The website, we have clarification, is Selma's Home. Dot com. Thank you so much for joining us for the Big Time Talker podcast live in our studios in Washington, D.C. I'm Burke Allen. Thank you for listening. Now go out and make it a great day and bye, everybody.